This is a HeadGum Podcast. Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Cheryl, Tig. this is a beautiful documentary mm-hmm. that we watched, and we really did a disservice to it. We did such a disservice. I mean, they, yeah. the documentarians did a beautiful job. and then Beautiful. Beautiful story. Beautiful. Somehow we got off. Cinematography. Got off on sex with animals. No, don't say that. You did. I did I? Wait, you got off on I sex know. with animals? I know. Everything we're saying sounds bad, but you should uh, listen to this podcast because you're going to learn a lot. Will they? Mm-hmm. We talk about my octopus teacher. It all started when Tig and Cheryl met in the mid-2000s. Hey, nice to meet you, Tig. I'm Cheryl Hines. Hi, Cheryl. I'm Tig Notaro. Should we do a podcast about documentaries? Yes. A podcast about documentaries? Is this microphone on? Five furious frogs fiddling faintly. Furious frogs fiddling faintly. Five furious frogs fiddling faintly. I am the first ever podcast. And Tig and Cheryl are following in the sound of my footsteps. Let's get started. I'm so ready. Tig and Cheryl. True story. Hi, Cheryl. Hi, Tig. Welcome to our show. Welcome back to our show. Tig and Cheryl. True story. We've had we've had a f- several several days to watch this documentary. Did you mm-hmm. watch it several days ago or did you watch By it? By the way, I've watched it twice now. How on earth? Stephanie had never heard of this. I only heard of it because we do a show about documentaries. Okay. Uh, and, documentaries, um, yeah. But um, I only had time to watch it once. Mm. I got, well, I have you a didn't lot watch of time. it twice in this week. No, no. I watched it when it first came out, which was not that long ago. And then and I what just, drew you to it the first time? Uh, I had heard uh, Kevin Nealon. Mm-hmm. dropping some fancy names, said it was very good. So Let me explain I, who Kevin Nealon is. <laughs> Kevin Nealon was on SNL years ago mm-hmm. and uh, hasn't done a thing since. That's right. He's just sitting around <laughs> watching documentaries. Um, so he said it was good. A, a lot uh, of my friends were saying that they really loved this. How many more friends than Kevin Nealon? Well, I play uh, poker online in a poker tournament with a lot of industry people. I hope mm-hmm. I'm impressing you. You mean with... like production assistants <laughs> and business managers? Like, yeah, yes. Okay. Um, actually, almost everybody is in the business. And so when we do talk about a project, we have to say, is this somebody's project before we start talking about it? Because that's that's happened where somebody's like, ugh, but anybody <laughs> just watch, you know, <laughs> Sam goes to the store. It's like, yes, it was awful. Oh, I produced I'm that. Sam. <laughs> I'm Sam. Um, I but, am Sam. Oh, mm-hmm. I am Sam. Yes. Um. Tig, I think we should tell everybody what we're talking about today. All right. Well, it's about My Octopus Teacher. Yes. Which is a 2020 nature documentary directed by Pippa Ehrlich. I think that's the pronunciation. And James Reed. It profiles the filmmaker Craig Foster as he spends a year with a wild octopus in the Atlantic Ocean off of Cape Town, South Africa. Craig forges a bond with the animal and applies its lessons to his own life specifically his relationship with his son. The film took 10 years to make from the start of shooting to its release, and it's distributed by Netflix. That's right. Everything you've said is true. Mm-hmm. Well, true story. <laughs> so, I mean, there are a lot of very interesting aspects of this documentary. I think the one thing that people should know, and if you haven't seen it, 
my octopus teacher, it's very beautifully um, shot. So beautifully it's, shot. It's almost all of it's underwater, mm-hmm. nearly, I would say. Makes a and, lot of sense. <laughs> and it's a little uh, hypnotizing, don't you think? Because mm-hmm. because not only is it underwater, but I noticed when I watched it the second time that a lot of it is in slow motion. Mm-hmm. So you have underwater, slow motion, water noises and it's very relaxing i watched it last night Mm -hmm. and after we gave the boys baths and if you're just tuning in the boys are my sons and they're four they're not the next door neighbors no Mm -hmm. so after we gave the boys their baths i thought you know i bet they would be into watching this Mm -hmm. and i had them both snuggle in on either side of me and they were mesmerized Mm mm-hmm they also had a question literally every 10 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> so that was a little difficult. I had to be like, and I'd have to answer the question and I have to be like, okay, guys, hold on. Let me rewind it. And then I'd play it again. And then they'd say, oh, where's the octopus? Oh, where's the octopus coming on? Is that the octopus? Why is the octopus have so many tentacles? So... So it is, It. I mean, it is sweet that you can watch it with your family, with kids. You can it, watch it alone naked. Yes, you can. You you can watch it with friends naked if you wanted to. You can't. <laughs> By the way, I saw this the first time I watched it. I watched it at night. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a Were different... Were you scared? <laughs> yeah, I was terrified. <laughs> uh-huh. But it's a different experience when you watch it during the day. It's not as dramatic as uh, at night when all the lights are off and the colors are coming at you. It's very beautiful. And yeah. during the day, it's, I don't know, it just doesn't have quite the um, the bite. I was just going to say, I was just out of the gate very disappointed that there wasn't an actual octopus teacher. I think that was what... Uh, mm, you were hoping that... I was well, picturing an octopus standing on two tentacles and then holding six pencils or holding a pencil, a pen, a ruler... <laughs> scissors glue <laughs> at the chalkboard mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah wow you yeah. must have been really disappointed for an hour and a half <laughs> i was and meanwhile my sons weren't confused my sons you know they got what we were watching whereas yeah. i was like i would have mm-hmm. loved an octopus teacher <laughs> and that's nothing against the teachers that i did have right you know no no i i don't think did you they... like your teachers I, first of all, I don't think my teachers are listening. I'm, I'll be that ob- honest. I feel 100% sure that none of my teachers are listening. Well, actually, that's oh, not true. Who do we give a shout out to? My, uh, what did he teach? Health or biology? In mm-hmm. high school. And he, I still see him every once in a while when I go back to Tallahassee. Really? Yeah, it's very cute. I'm still in touch with my vice principal because oh. I got in trouble all the time and I was sent to her office mm. and she never really, you know, reprimanded me about anything. She just would say, talk to me. How are you doing? What's going on? That's and nice. I, it was very helpful. She she was the kind of teacher that you'd make a, a movie about, you know, the teacher uh-huh. that changes the kid's life. Uh-huh. Let's do it. So what's your teacher's name? Uh, Mr. McHenry. <laughs> Hello, Mr. McHenry. He's for sure watching, right? Sometimes or he'll... Listening, listening. I'm sure he's listening. I sound like listening. my stepfather. My stepfather told me he watched both of my podcasts. <laughs> and I said, well, then we have one view. <laughs> Do you think he's just watching his computer screen the whole time? Like, I'm sure everybody Probably. else can see this but me. I'm having technical difficulties. <laughs> Probably. So, so in this documentary, mm-hmm. the our our subject, our character, our main guy, mm-hmm. Craig Foster, starts off the the documentary by saying that he was going. He had a few tough years, mm-hmm. but did it? I bo- wonder what they were. I know. Did it bother you that he didn't? Yeah. Talk about it. It's like you're in a documentary. Like this is when you're supposed to be telling all your secrets. Well, I don't think now's the time to yell at the poor man. He's been through enough. <laughs> Two years of it. Now he needs Cheryl from Curb Your Enthusiasm. And I can hear your voice screaming at him on a podcast about his heart. Opening up. 
I'm inviting I'm inviting him in a very I agree yeah I would have loved it. it 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 would have you know not to bring up my documentary that Netflix produced uh yeah. called Tig oh. but I realized when I was in the documentary when we were making it as much as I was ready to be finished mm-hmm. or I didn't want certain things in I thought this is what will make this potentially compelling at moments yeah. you and did. Uh, yes the humanity. I mean, there is a lot of humanity here, no doubt. Well, definitely. I mean, this documentary really focuses on Craig, who decides uh, he's going through a tough time and decides to go diving, not scuba diving. He, he, he does free diving, which is also very... And we had a question in our home, yeah. in our bed, mm. in our group snuggle yes. viewing. How do you go underwater with the snorkel in? Oh, well, you don't You just don't breathe in. No, but then when you go up, you just blow out all the water, and then you can snorkel. Are you a a scuba diver? Yeah, I am certified. Are you really? Yeah, I am. Oh, wow. I have a a funny uh, scuba diving story that involves Castro. Let's hear it. Well, should we talk about this documentary first, or you just want me to go right in, dive right into my scuba diving story? I want to hear... Yet another Castro story of yours. Well, okay. So I, yes, I'm certified. I've been on several dives, which is slightly terrifying. I mean, to be honest with you, especially when you're going with Bobby Kennedy and his kids who think it's great to take off their masks underwater and their, you know, regulators, they take it off for pictures underwater. It's terrifying. Anyway. Classic Kennedy. (laughs) Classic Kennedy stuff. We were in Cuba, mm-hmm. uh, and we were, you know, just off the shore of Cuba, and we were doing this scuba diving trip as sort of an exploration. Did you get certified after you got with Bobby? Yes, yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Everything kind of happened with Yes, Bobby. that's yeah. when you start skydiving and scuba diving and horseback riding. It doesn't matter. The point is... Bobby had asked if we could, this is when Fidel Castro was still alive, okay? It was Mm -hmm. right before he died. So this was probably um, seven years ago. Okay. I don't know when he died. Today's the anniversary of his death. That's why we're talking about this. (laughs) Um, Anyway, so Bobby had asked if we could meet with Castro while we, Mm -hmm. when we were there. And, um, and he had met with him before and it was all sort of secretive and you don't know if you're even meeting with him or not and we went to a hotel in Havana there's a guy with the white hat and the white suit and he says uh, El Presidente would like to meet with you we'll come pick you up at 10 a.m. no cameras don't bring extra people we're gonna take you in this van and it's like um oh okay so it was it was Bobby, my daughter Kat, uh, my stepson Connor, and my stepson Aiden, and we they picked us up. And Kat was little, <laughs> and Kat, <laughs> she I was trying to get her to dress nicely, which yeah. she did not want to do. And the best that she could do was she wore a T-shirt that said "Smile, pass it on." <laughs> Like mother, like daughter. <laughs> and she had her hair like in cornrows because we had gone to, <laughs> we had gone to the, the town square and they braided her hair. I mean, it was really something to see. Anyway, um, we went to Castro's house. Uh, we had lemonade. We. You said this story was funny. <laughs> no, when I, does it pick up? No, I think I, I think if I said it was interesting. The point no, is. No, you said funny. Okay, then we went back on our little boat, out to the middle of the ocean, to nowhere. We were like, nobody knew where we were, what we were doing. And Castro sent some guys, like in uniform, with the weapons, asked if they could board our boat. Um, And, you know, one of the women, when I came, when I came out of the water, she said, you're not going to believe it. There are military guys here. They they wanted to speak to Bobby. I don't know where Bobby is. And I was like, I can believe it. And I went to... Were you like, first of all, read my daughter's shirt? 
and relax. <laughs> um, anyway, Bobby is at the front of the boat with the the captain and the two military guys, and they're all taking a picture together with their arms around each other. And Castro had written a letter to each one of the kids and had sent photographs for us. And he sent these guys to go find us out in the open water to deliver the, the letter and the and the pictures. Anyway, that's my Castro scuba diving story. I want you to rewind this and hear that you said, do you want to hear a funny story? Well, it is funny. I mean, do you not think that going to Castro's house in Cuba and then he sends his guys to... The funniest part is Cat in a smile, <laughs> pass it on with cornrows in her hair. Well, by the way, in Castro's... If, we, if I rewind this and you didn't say funny, you just said long, then I will apologize. Listen, the octopus teacher is about a one man's journey. <laughs> Wait, I have a story about scuba diving. Okay, let's hear it. Last night, Stephanie said, remember when we went scuba diving? And I said, no, we've never gone scuba diving. Huh? Is that your funny story? That's just it's a short just, story. It's just true. We, we did she snorkeled. say, remember when we, we snorkeled? Went... Yeah, she did. She said, remember when we went scuba diving? And I said, we... Dear, we have never been scuba diving. <laughs> we snorkeled once in Hawaii. I like then, in her mind it's the same thing. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so in my octopus teacher, this uh -huh. guy, he's South African. Yeah. And he goes back to where he grew up, and he decides he is going to connect with nature again. Oh, he was a, he's a... Filmmaker. Filmmaker. He yeah. makes documentaries, and he had made a documentary about some African, um, what do they call them? When you track, trackers. Trackers. <laughs> I was going to say, when you track something. <laughs> ah, trackers. And he was very uh, influenced by it. Oh, also, interestingly enough. Girl, tell. Girl. Well, when Craig Foster said, what did he say? Like, I'm having trouble with my family. Something like that. Did he? Yeah. That might have been when my sons were asking, where's the octopus? <laughs> <laughs> he he decided to go diving every day. Yeah. Which I thought wasn't, I mean, some people go to therapy. Um, but Maybe he was having marital problems. Why couldn't he just say that? Maybe it just really hurt too much. You to know, even when say something... it out loud. But truly... Sometimes That's things true. just hurt too, too much. much to acknowledge. Okay. I agree. And his bungalow is beautiful where he grew up and where he's... I, mean, I have the, another question about the bungalow. I'm sure I can answer it. Go ahead. So he says he grew up in, in South Africa on a bungalow right below the high water mark mm -hmm. at the Cape of Storms. So mm -hmm. he said these storms would come up to their bungalow, and if the waves were strong enough... Water would cover their floor. Okay, I can answer that. Okay. He said the first floor. And I don't think that the floor was where they lived. Because oh. if you see the water crash up, yeah, it's kind of like, I'm sure homes in Florida are similar a lot of times to Mississippi and places that are on, like houses that stilts. are on stilts. My mom's house is on stilts. Yeah. And in so, Florida. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I think that the ground floor isn't... Their bedrooms and stuff. Right. I think it's just an open area. Okay. Because in Unless my Unless I misunderstood. No, that makes wrong. more sense. Because I was like, are they walking around their house, like splashing around, going to the refrigerator? That seems crazy. Splashing around, going <laughs> to the refrigerator. And dangerous. And, and they were. Let's go to a clip now of them walking around, splashing <laughs> around to their refrigerator. <laughs> okay, listen. No, we don't. That's we don't have a clip of that because we didn't see that. That's just what I was imagining. But right. I do think we should hear Craig talk about how he he met this octopus and he was very taken with her. Uh -huh. That's another question I have for you. So this is just him talking about her for a moment. Let's hear that. Okay. When you have that connection with that animal and have those experiences, it's absolutely mind blowing. There's no greater feeling on earth. 
boundaries between her and I seem to dissolve. Just the pure magnificence of her. <laughs> I mean, it's very sweet. And what you're seeing during this clip is he dives, you know, in only his shorts. So yeah. he's bare chested and he has this, this, this lady octopus, like, like just relaxed. Grabbing onto his chest hair. Yeah. So it's a little odd. Did you did you? Oh, find I thought it... you were gonna say a little sexy. Well, it. I mean, listen. At a few points during this film, did you feel like, whoa, somebody has fallen in love with an octopus, and it might not be healthy? Well, he for sure fell in love with the octopus. I mean, he says it, doesn't he? Yeah. I mean, interspecies love right there on camera. <laughs> Do you think that he would like go to sleep at night and have? Why we don't need to talk about it. Do you? Do I need to talk about Do it? Do you think that he had like sexual thoughts? What on earth would the sexual <laughs> thoughts be? <laughs> I mean, I guess I guess my imagination could really run wild here. But what would you imagine the sex stream to be? Well, I mean, even in that clip, listen, she's got the eight arms going and they're flowy and they're like all the little suction cups, two, over 2,000 little suction cups on her. I mean, I don't know. That's got to be something weird and se <clears throat> sexy. <laughs> really? I That's mean, gotta be. Don't you think? Guys are, guys are. Okay, listen. so if you think if a guy was going on a dating service and he went to a <laughs> profile that said, I have 2,000 suction cups <laughs> on my eight tentacles, he would be like, uh, be right over. Oh, I guarantee you. Okay. There would well, be at least I, one I'm not guy. into men. I am not into <laughs> men. I don't know a woman. There would, would be. head over. To eight tentacles, well, that, 2,000. Okay. I know men that would be, that would be like, oh, I don't know what this means, but I am on my way over. <laughs> I mean, I think that's more than one guy, by the way. Okay. Okay. We should do a little social experiment to see what happens. I think that would be pretty fascinating. I thought you were going to say we should do a sex show. <laughs> <laughs> I always think you're going to say something that's nothing like what you're going to say. I mean, I'd be happy to do a Wait, what do you mean by sex show? <laughs> well, <laughs> like, wait, what were you signing up for? <laughs> I was going to say, I was going to say, <laughs> we can do oh, I'd be happy to do a sex show. <laughs> wait, what do you mean a sex show? <laughs> I mean. What sort of sex show would you be happy to do with I'd like me? a podcast where people are like, oh, I'm having trouble getting it up. And it would be like, uh -huh. okay, well, let's talk you through this. I'm not going to talk someone through that. <laughs> but I'll if... be like, Cheryl, <laughs> go ahead. But if, but then when I heard myself saying sex and show. And what would you say to someone that called in with that <laughs> issue? <laughs> if you think that you could handle this sort of. Well, I mean, I would want to know the circumstances. You know, uh -huh. uh, are they with a partner? Are they talking about just by themselves? Or is this... I mean, do we need to change up a lot of things in this person's life, or is or maybe it's physical? Maybe it's a physical problem. So we would we'd have to drill down. <laughs> it sounds like you could do a sex show. That's what I'm saying. Where if somebody asked me, I would be like, I have no idea what to tell you, and I have no idea why you thought I could help you with this. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. 
With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. <laughs> but then when you said sex show, then it sounded like, oh, you mean like like people walk into a room and you're you're having sex as a show. Then that no. scared me. <laughs> what, and we host a show where people walk in and yeah. people are having sex? I didn't know if that's what you were talking about, but I don't want any part of that one. Okay, well, I'll find a different co-host in my sex show where we walk in on a <laughs> room full of people having sex. Well, I'm Which, sure that... by the way, will sell quickly at a network. <laughs> Me and Cheryl Hines walk into rooms with people having sex. By the way, also, if you put an ad out, tons of people would show up to to be in it and to watch it. And there's an octopus there. That would bring them... Satisfying lots of people. people. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So listen. So here's Mm -hmm. the thing about Craig. Yeah. He goes diving. He decides... God, I hope he's not listening. (laughs) (laughs) We've really destroyed his beautiful film. He goes diving every day. He decides to go diving every day. He's, he meet, he sees this cute, beautiful, cute, although they're odd looking, this octopus. And um, he thinks, oh, I'm going to try to find her every day. Mm-hmm. So also what w- was a little bit hard to understand is at the beginning of the film, he said, I could not take my life anymore i didn't want to see a camera and i didn't want to see an editing room mm-hmm. and then cut to making a movie yeah and there must have been a i'm curious about the filming of it because there had to be guys or women down there with scuba tanks on because there's no mm-hmm. way i mean these shots were so beautiful and intricate and they're so specific and I can't even imagine how they, how much footage they must have had just waiting for that octopus to come out of its crack. They talk about the crack a lot. Mm. I don't think, did he call it the crack? Yeah. There were a lot of times she goes deep into the crack. Uh-huh. But anyway, um, yeah, she has a den. So they have these beautiful... I heard den, you heard crack. <laughs> I'm t- when you watch it the second time... You'll notice how often he uses crack. Okay. Okay. Uh, but very beautiful, <laughs> very beautiful shots of this um, octopus. And he figures out how to track her in the ocean, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. And he starts to learn about octopuses. I had to look it up. Did you think it was octopi? I didn't think about it. Not once. I think you were very distracted by your boys. Uh-huh. Yeah. You didn't think about, oh, how if we're talking about a group of octopuses, what do we call them? Octopices. <laughs> That's correct. I didn't know, so I went down the middle. Octopices. You mm-hmm. thought octopi. Yeah, that's incorrect. Mm-hmm. So he goes out there every day, and he visits her, and he studies her, and it's very uh, sweet. Mm-hmm. She, oh, remember the very first time that you see her sort of unravel one of her little tentacles and yeah. holds his hand? Yeah. Did you cry? No, I didn't. Did you cry at all during this movie? I did. You did? Mm-hmm. Hmm. I must be. You, did you? I did not. It's interesting because when he cried, mm. I thought about you. Hmm. In what way? Well, I remember you said you're very uncomfortable when men cry. I was, and by the way, I was uncomfortable when he cried. 
I that's why I was thinking about you. I thought Cheryl's uncomfortable. Uncomfortable. <laughs> Thank you for thinking about me. Mm -hmm. So he goes, let's see. So I mean, he really developed a relationship with this octopi, octopus. Yes, you really do. And and you see that he makes the point, and also just through the um, interactions with her, how just connected and intelligent. Yeah. And uh, I mean, it's I, I wouldn't have imagined how intelligent. And when you look in her eye. You can really see that there's someone in there, and yes, it you can see emotion and yes. intelligence. Yeah, and that's what really struck me. Yes, I think that's definitely the beauty of this documentary. It really captures that, mm -hmm. and you can see, like you're saying, how intelligent and she. They have a connection and a relationship, and he looks for her, and she looks for him, and she even let him take her up to the surface mm -hmm. which was very sweet and kind of weird but okay you know seeing him find this interest and passion when he was for whatever reason rock bottom in his life it's it's it really is so inspiring because when you are at that place in your life everything does seem to fall away it can Mm -hmm. fall away in a good way in that you get down to such core elements of life and humanity and you realize you don't need this excess mm -hmm. and the distractions and everything that comes with life and and you see it so clearly with his life in this home and just diving into the same place. And it reminds me, you know, when I've gone through hard parts in my life, people have asked how I got through it. And I always say that as cliche and simple as it is, when I got up every day and just took steps to my bathroom to brush my teeth, I felt like massive success. And that's kind of, it's, it's different experiences, but I understood when he said that he just wanted to dive into that one area every day. Mm -hmm. And I, I I know it's very different than getting up and brushing your teeth. I was having medical issues, <laughs> but, um, but still it's, it's those little steps and it's right. the repetition of, right. of, of small steps. Right. And, um, his steps and his strokes were much larger than mine. But I, I related to that, and I felt very um, envious that he had this time mm -hmm. and this life. You know, I guess we're all kind of having some version of that time with the pandemic. Well, um, it, yeah. I mean, I think it's interesting because I have heard uh, several people during this pandemic who have um, seen nature in a new way. Mm -hmm. You know, have been sitting outside and they saw a caterpillar and they were following the caterpillar and then it turned into a butterfly and it was magical. And, you know, I don't know, in another time in their life when they would have the ability to check in with the caterpillar every day. But, you know, it felt like that, you know, where it's like, mm -hmm. OK, when the the world is going crazy, instead of trying to stop the world from going crazy, why don't I just focus on one thing that relaxes me that I can, I don't have to control. I'm not going to be able to control and just see what happens. Yeah. I, one of the things that I related to also was I feel like in, I would say more concentrated in the past year, I've taken such an interest in health and nutrition mm -hmm. and in reading about it and learning about it in any way I can. And it's something that has sparked in me in this new way that I think it's sometimes hard to find when you go along in life and you get older and, and you get in your patterns and your ways and, mm -hmm. and you just, again, my health, trying to heal myself and walk every day and eat well, it sparked this interest in nutrition that I had never thought about. 
And I really, really related. I was so excited for this guy and it made me excited for, and to remember that not that I'm so old or that this guy is so old, but that at any age, you can be so moved by life. Yeah, you can discover something. Yeah, that you can just you can't stop reading about it. And that's what I was thinking about with him is when mm -hmm. he went home and was reading about um, octopuses. That's right. It reminded me of my interest in nutrition and how I just spark to it. It sparks uh -huh. you when you learn yeah. something new and you and it, and you're passionate about it and it inspires you and it's it's mm -hmm. nice. And I I do think that's what this documentary is about, right? We actually have a clip of Craig talking about some of the things that he learned. It's very useful to come back home and try and read as many scientific papers as possible. She's a common octopus. Octopus vulgaris is the scientific name. Two thirds of her cognition is actually outside of her brain in her arms. Her entire being is thinking, feeling, exploring. She's got 2,000 suckers and she's using all of them independently. How do you do that? Imagine having 2,000 fingers. You can compare her intelligence to a cat or a dog or even to one of the lower primates. I mean, I don't, these clips don't they don't do a service to this documentary because well, it's such a does visual... our show. <laughs> That's true. But Why? The... we're not trying to provide a service. <laughs> I mean, this documentary in particular is such a visual journey that you have to see it because even just listening to him <laughs> talk about it does not sound that interesting to me. <laughs> I feel like I'm back in health class, you know, back. You know, with watch, your teacher. With my teacher. Uh-huh. Mr. McKinnon. I love that you don't know what class he taught. Well, I know that it must have been biology because we're, I was supposed to dissect a frog and I refused. Mm-hmm. And he said, well, then you, you can't get higher than a C. I said, I don't give a flying ball. That's fine. Wow. And then you did you peel out and head off to Hollywood? <laughs> I said, see you, sucker. <laughs> I know. I remember in biology, I don't know if I took biology, but, you know, I'm a dropout. But I, I remember people talking about dissecting cats. And... What? Yeah. That's terrible. That doesn't sound like that. I didn't do it. I dissected a, a worm in seventh grade. And uh, I wasn't really into that either. That takes some skill even to cut a tiny worm. Open with what? It's a super sharp, tiny razor blade? Well, I highly doubt they handed out <laughs> super sharp, tiny razor blades. How did you cut it for seven... a worm? Who... I think one of those, is it a scapula? A, scal a scalpel? A, a, a scalpel, scalpel, I mean. Yeah. <laughs> but still, that has to be so sharp. I mean, a worm is like... Well, of course it's sharp. They're not going to give us dull... <laughs> For but, dissecting. But a worm is so small. Cheryl, I don't need to yell that. <laughs> it wasn't my idea. I didn't have an octopus teacher. Yeah. No. Listen, that's why I left school. I was like, this is all lunacy. Yes. And then I peeled out to Hollywood. <laughs> See you, suckers. <laughs> yeah. Okay, you know, one of the things in this film... Well, why don't you also talk about the noises in oh, this film? Oh, well... Because that clip is a perfect example. The sound... The suction and water. The sound bothered me a little. And I, listen, I'm looking at this with a critical eye. Mm -hmm. But I guarantee you there was not a microphone down by her suction cups where you could hear one of those tiny little suckers like... So you think it was the um, sound person putting? Of course, the sound person in the, yeah, I, the sound person was, yeah, they orchestrated the sound <laughs> for all the underwater. I'm, listen, uh -huh. I don't know this for sure. This is what I think. I'd be curious to hear what the uh, listeners think, because maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's, uh, maybe this was, maybe there right was. Right in. 
Maybe <laughs> Craig will write in and tell. Maybe the sound person will write in and tell us. And say, yes, there was a microphone by her tiny suction cups. She was holding seven microphones, <laughs> seven booms <laughs> over her tentacle <laughs> while they were zoomed in on, on all those suction cups. Um, <laughs> part of this journey... Mm-hmm. That is very interesting. So Craig is down there. And by the way, do you know how long the average person can hold their breath underwater? 30 seconds? Two minutes and 30 seconds. Okay. Imagine, how did he get, he was free diving, right? No scuba tank. Yeah. So he would just go down for two minutes at a time? He said in the beginning that he really worked on his uh, breath control. I think he said that. Yeah. Being able to hold his breath. And I bet he got up to like, Four minutes or something. I mean, and he talks about that, too, in the documentary, because he'll be having a moment with her. (laughs) Yeah. And he's like, oh, yeah, I have to breathe. I have to get back up to the surface. Yeah. It's just a strange strange, uh, relationship. It's sweet, but... Can you hold your breath two and a half minutes? I feel like I could. I feel like my lungs are fantastic. Never been a smoker. Wow. Have you ever smoked a cigarette? I have. I've had to smoke in several uh, movies. Oh, fancy. And I do not look good doing it because I always think I'm going to practice at home, but then I don't because I don't want people seeing me smoking. (laughs) Yeah. I smoked from the time I was like nine until I was like 25. I quit when I was 25. How did you start smoking when you were nine? Well, I would steal cigarettes. You know, everybody in my family smoked, and so I'd steal cigarettes. And I started smoking regularly when I was 11 or 12. Tig, that makes me sad for you. Well, I don't anymore. I know. How did you quit? Was it difficult? You know, it was difficult. I quit because I was dating somebody that uh, she drank and smoked pot and smoked cigarettes, and I just... I smoked cigarettes, but I just, I didn't drink or smoke pot. And it just was all a little too much for me. Mm. And I was always just on her about all of that stuff. And, um, and then I thought one day, what am I talking about? I'm an addict. I smoke cigarettes every day. I smoke a pack or two a day, you know? That's crazy. So crazy. And so I just, it made me look at myself and think (laughs) I can, I can make some changes. And so I quit and I started spending a lot of time at home smoking Swisher Sweet cigars. Do you know what those are? No, but it sounds disgusting. They're so disgusting. They're cheap, disgusting. You know, those long black cigars that have the plastic filter yeah the filter yeah those are swisher sweets well that's what they look like and i also i didn't drink and i i remember i went to the liquor store and i (laughs) i bought peach beer i drank (laughs) peach beer and smoked swisher sweet cigars and made myself sick oh and that's how you quit smoking I quit when I was 25, and I remember thinking, I don't want to be 50 saying I wish I had quit when I was 25, Wow! I'll be 50 this March. So it'll be 25 years. Congratulations. You did it. I did it. One time I was going to try to, I didn't, I was, I was going to try to not eat ice cream anymore. So I thought, same, (laughs) same idea. Like I would eat so much ice cream that it. I would never want to eat it again, and it did not stick. It was just when like, did this happen? When was this? Oh, this was probably you know when I was when I was probably about twenty five, and to this day I eat ice cream. <laughs> it's not a good story. But you, I have a go ahead. Well, I was going to say something about quitting smoking that I thought was so interesting mm-hmm. because I was just talking about this with my poker group, but Cameron Mannheim, another. Dropping my names. Um. Anyway, the point is, she was talking about know, Cameron, quit, man, quitting smoking, and uh, we were talking about therapists and um, hypnosis. And she said that there's a therapist out there to get people to stop smoking. First, they you go and they say, "Okay, are you right-handed or left-handed? Do you smoke with your right or your left hand?" And if you're if you always smoke with your right hand. 
then he'll say, you can smoke as much as you want for the next week, but only with your left hand. Mm-hmm. So at first it's like, well, it's not my favorite, but okay. And then the next week it's like, where do you usually smoke? Um, well, I like to smoke in my car. Okay. You can only smoke when you're standing by the fence of your house with your left hand. And so it gets to this point where it's like, there's just no joy left in the smoking. It's just like, it's not worth it. I might go stand outside by the fence and smoke with my left hand. But I thought it was a very interesting um, approach. Well, my friend, Pam, she... Uh, Cam? Like Cameron um, Mannheim? Are you are you talking about? No. Okay, go Pam. ahead. Pam. Oh, Pam. P is in... Uh, like the nonstick spray from right. the 70s. Mm. Pam. It's still around. Well, that's the last time I used it was in the 70s. Did you cook when a all, lot in the when 70s? All my friends, when all my friends were named, when I made cookies in the 70s <laughs> okay. with my mother, when all my friends were named Pam and we sprayed Pam, Pam. on, on I thought it was hilarious. Pam. Mm-hmm. Pam, if you've ever heard my Taylor Dane story, she is uh, my friend that I reference a few times. Anyway, Pam told me an ice cream story. And that's that she and her sister went to visit her grandmother for a summer. And they went to the ice cream shop every day and had ice cream cones and had the summer of their life. And then when they got home, they had their film developed and saw that they had doubled in size. (laughs) She had no idea that, that she had doubled in size until she got her film developed. (laughs) oh remember when you had to drop off film and go back and get it in a week and i still do that do you yeah like a guy that just is standing in a weird kiosk somewhere and you're like hey can you develop this i i take selfies nonstop, (laughs) and then i go get them developed (laughs) oh my god okay listen the octopus teacher yeah okay here's what's interesting too Mm -hmm. so he's following her and there are times when predators are approaching her. Sharks. Yes. Pajama sharks. Pajama sharks. Which, by the way, I've never even heard of a pajama shark until he said that. That they Me have either. stripes like they're wearing Do you pajama. say pajama or pajama? I say pajama. You say, I say pajama, too. Stephanie makes fun of me. Do you say aunt or aunt? Aunt. Yeah, me too. But it seems like you should say aunt. But it's too late to switch it now. It does seem like you should say aunt, especially since there are ants. Yeah. And especially because there's a you in there. Yeah. We don't respect it. We don't respect it. We don't respect the, hell with the you. Yeah. Uh-uh. So the pajama sharks, the pajama, mm-hmm. pajama, 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 they are circling around her. And do we say what happens? Yes. How many times do I have to tell you <laughs> that this is a podcast where... You don't, you, we're not, we're not, we're, we're not critiquing this. We're not, it didn't just come well, out. We're critiquing it. I mean, I mean, to degrees, but okay. we're not like, and we don't want to blow it. So what we're like, okay, a shark bites her tentacle. Oh off. my God. You well, did it. I went there. <laughs> the shark does bite her tentacle off and it's very yeah. sad and she's sad. But you didn't cry. No. Listen, I didn't either. Life is difficult so he was thinking do i try to interfere yeah because he's just watching this happen sure and he doesn't interfere because he respects the underworld it's probably yeah. should be called the underworld underwater Under- underwater underwater world <laughs> underwater makes more sense since that's where we are <laughs> but but then yeah go ahead i was just going to say it's interesting when he doesn't want to interfere but then later comes back and and feeds her right because that is interfering right and i also thought it was interesting that and this i don't mean this as a judgment okay i just think it's i truly think it's interesting okay and it reminds me actually of being a vegetarian or a vegan Mm -hmm. in that when somebody isn't vegetarian or vegan Mm -hmm. and they say they love animals Mm. but they eat animals Mm. and with him he didn't want to interfere and then he does interfere by feeding her in order to feed her he has to harm another animal oh interesting he broke open a clam and ruined that clam's life that's right and did it like that 
Right. But it's true. It's true. It's true. And it didn't bother him when his octopus girlfriend killed a crab. No. He didn't have feelings about the crab. No, not at all. As a matter of fact, he seemed very proud of her. Yeah. It just it just reminds me of, right. you know, the vegan versus non-vegan or yeah. vegetarian. Do you wish he would have brought her a carrot or a celery or something? Um, Green beans? I actually would highly recommend frozen food. <laughs> You wish you would have brought her a little tiny vegan frozen food dinner? Yes. Yeah. It would have been a different movie, a completely different movie. It really would have been. If he had heated up a meal and gone down Mm -hmm. and uh, fed her with a fork. (laughs) Fed her with a fork. What if she was making a documentary also? About humans? Well, just, yeah, about this guy. About a weird guy? Yeah, that won't leave her alone. (laughs) She's like, I keep trying to slowly push him away. And he's thinking that I'm trying to be her, his friend. That, and all the octopuses are sitting around watching it. It's like, oh, wait, do you yeah. see this part? This shirtless guy that holds his breath. Okay. And then he finds out that an octopus's lifespan is about a year. Yeah. And then he, I mean. He must have met her right when she was. A young one. Right. How did he know how old she was? He didn't. Well, well, he didn't know, but she, when she died, he could count back oh to when he met her. Oh, my God. I'm sorry, I, listeners, I'm not... that you just heard that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm no mathematician. Oh I, that's for sure who's not listening is my old math teacher. <laughs> no way. Is that when you cried when she died? Um... Well, it was bittersweet. Yeah, watching watching her die. Um, she had a half a million babies first. She sure did. I mean, that was impressive. Do you think he was the father? <laughs> oh, my God. What if those were the scenes that we didn't see? That's what I'm worried about. Oh, my God. What if they're tiny little, It's a. they're all tiny little octopuses with a, a little man head? With glasses. With glasses. And then the scuba, only the scuba head. What is Go that? On. Like a head mask. Like a head helmet. No, it's not a helmet. It's Take like a skin time. diving, skin diving. Go on. A head. Skin diving head. Bathing cap. Skin diving head bathing cap. On sale now. <laughs> I mean... It is interesting that that's really all he wears that in the shorts and the fins. Uh-huh. But what is a what does a skin diving head cap do? Keeps your ears warm? It's very cold in the water. It is very cold. I don't he know why it I'm was what 8 you. degrees Celsius? Mm. Roughly? Yeah, that seems up? crazy too. Yeah, I don't even know what that transfers to. No. No, no, but nobody Fahrenheit. does. Nobody. Yeah, but just it's cold. It's a large hairy man that's like, "Ooh, it's chilly." <laughs> You know, it's, you know, it's cold. <laughs> so anyway, it's a very sweet film. And he and Craig ends up connecting with his teenage son. And he brings his son to meet the octopus. And they have a moment. And it's very sweet. He brings his son to meet his son's uh, <laughs> new stepmother. <laughs> I really hope. Nobody involved in this film is listening to this. If I listened to this and I made a movie, I would not be offended. Do you think we're offending somebody? Yeah, I do. I think the filmmakers... Well, I'm sorry, Craig. If I... I I loved this film. I thought it was so beautiful. Yes. It was a very... I'm also a comedian. It's very beautiful. And it's something to see. And it inspired me. Okay, good. Well... I don't want you making me feel bad for making jokes about <laughs> that. The, that the octopus is now the kid's stepmom. It is like it seems slightly disrespectful, but you know what? It it's. Um... I stand by the joke. <laughs> You're laughing because it is. That's more disrespectful. That's true. I shouldn't encourage you. Okay, Tig. 
I think it's time to wind it down. Okay. And it's time for a happily ever after thoughts. Great. Okay. Let's do it. Let me ask you this. Would you recommend this documentary? Yes. To whom? Kevin Nealon. <laughs> Cameron Mannheim? Cameron Mannheim. Okay. Two people. Wait, did Cameron see it? No, I don't know. When you're at poker, yeah. does anyone ever bring up a terrible podcast and then they're like, wait a minute, are any <laughs> of you involved in Tig and Cheryl True Story? <laughs> they haven't yet. I think they chat it to each other. It's okay. like, oh my God, Heinz is going on about Tig and Cheryl True Story. Somebody do something. Okay, who to, who do you think will like this this documentary? Well, obviously children. Yeah, I mean, Max, Max and Finn are four and a half, and they were completely mesmerized. Were they scared of the sharks? No, they were very interested. Max is very scared of crabs, (laughs) and he'll be having lunch, and he'll randomly turn around, and he'll say, you can't, you can't go by crabs, because they'll, they'll snap your toe, and I'll say, okay. Oh. <laughs> or what or if he says when we go to the beach we can't go too deep because the crabs will get us wow so i i don't know where his he's more concerned about crabs well he must have loved it when she ate the crab yeah it was just more of like there's a crab <laughs> that came up Okay, so I think a lot of people will like this documentary. It's for for me. It was a bit uh-huh. of a slow burn, not even a burn. Uh-huh. It was a slow simmer. Uh-huh. It was. I feel like this is good to watch when you're winding down, about to go to sleep, and it will, like you say, it'll inspire you to think about nature differently, to think about your life and. Just to explore more and to see what's out there and how differently your life can turn just by making some new choices. Yeah, that's right. All right. Uh, I just want to say that we really, really love getting your messages, comments, and reviews. And that's very, very helpful to us. And we read all of them. And we love when you let us know what you think about the documentaries and um, and and even let us know what documentaries you'd love for us to cover. We do love hearing from you and Cheryl and I and our producers read all of it. In fact, our producers put a new review in our weekly email that, that's a highlight review if, uh, if you want to try and become our highlight review each week. I wonder if we should share that with people, who the highlight review is. I think we should. Maybe we could do that. That'd be a fun thing to do. Let's do that. So review, leave us a message, and maybe you'll end up being the uh, review that our producer puts in to our weekly email, and then we can share that on episodes. Perfect. Cheryl, do you have anything to plug? I am on a show called I Can See Your Voice. Yes, you are. On uh, Fox and have you started back at Curb? Uh, they have started shooting. I uh-huh. haven't shot my stuff yet, but soon. Okay. How about you? Great. I'm not on Curb, although I did audition for Curb once, mm-hmm. and you were in the room. It was before I knew you. How did it go? Not good, I guess. I, I guess not. Okay. Sorry. I guess not. It was for a scene where uh, I think Larry gets in a fight with a lesbian at a grocery store, maybe. Hmm. That sounds right. The actress Jenny Shimizu got the part. She used to date Angelina Jolie. Mm. Anyway. Anyway, really. She got the role. Okay. I did not get it. So, no, I'm not going to be returning to Curb. (laughs) Okay. But I I would happily be on Curb if if you would have me. Okay. I'll talk to Larry. But you're on something now. You're doing stuff now. You're not sitting around. Well, I'm on Star Trek Discovery. Okay. Jet Reno is my character. I, like I pop in and pop out because I have other projects that I do mm-hmm. like this podcast. And then I have my other podcast called Don't Ask Tig, which you've been yeah. on. How's that going? Yeah. It's going really well. And your episode is a is a real favorite with people. It's fan so, favorite? It's a fan favorite. <laughs> it's very funny and full of nonsense, like 
like we do like we do and uh yeah uh i'm sure i have other things i just can't you know i'm always just doing something we, you know, we can Cheryl? google you we can google you please do <laughs> okay well thank you for listening everybody and um tig cheryl should we do this again let's do it again okay Tig and Cheryl True Story is hosted by me, Cheryl Hines, and Tig Notaro. It's produced by Gabby Kovacic and Thomas Willette. Audio engineered and edited by Thomas Willette with music by David Susson. Special thanks to Patrick McDonald and Stephanie Allen. Follow us on social media for updates and review and rate True Story on Apple Podcasts. We really appreciate it. You can also email us at Tig and Cheryl True Story at gmail.com. Next week, we will be watching the HBO docuseries The Vow. That was a headgum podcast. <laughs>